Welcome to 519 Connect, where the Windsor Police Service connects with members of our community. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of 519 Connect. My name is Ali Elrabai, Windsor Police Officer and a member of the Community Services Unit here at Windsor Police. Um, I'm here filling in today for my partner, Jamie Ajetti Nelson, who uh, couldn't make it today. So uh, on the fly, what we do, like we usually do, we help each other out, and I'm filling in for him. So thank you for joining us today. Today is a special episode for me especially. I'm joined here by Melissa Lozon, Executive Director of the Safety Village in Windsor, and also by Jenna Calamita. Is that pronounced right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, your position would be officially? Program coordinator. Our program con- coordinator. I call her my backbone. You'll see why. Program coordinator at the Safety Village. Um, and I myself am uh, placed out at the Safety Village. I work out of there. So I have the absolute honor and pleasure to work with these two young ladies here. Um, and um, honestly, without both of them, I wouldn't have direction to, to do what I'm doing. Uh, so if there's anything I do proper, it's uh, all credit to them. Um, Melissa Lozon, Executive Director of the Safety Village. Welcome. Thank you, Ali. <laughs> we're, we're blessed to have you as well. So thank oh. you for that very nice introduction. And for the young lady's comment, especially. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Um, let's get into it. Um, we recently, uh, you recently rebranded the Safety Village uh, into it takes a village. And I think there's so much that goes behind that. Um, first thing I want to talk about is um, get to really know more about you and your past, how, um, how you got into this business and what your background is um, and that led you down this path. To, to where you are today. So um, it'll be a two-part question regarding your own background and also for our viewers, a lot of people know the Safety Village exists but do not know the history behind it at all. Mm-hmm. Just a bit of history about the Safety Village and what it represents and how it started and grassroots and all that stuff. Of course. So um, I do love a two-part question, so we'll get started with uh, the first part. So actually, I was always interested in working with children and families, that led me to the Child and Youth Worker Program at St. Clair College, Um, and then I pursued criminology following that. I believe in that process of being a lifelong learner, um, and when you give students opportunities, it really can help connect them in their own communities. So my first uh, opportunity came at New Beginnings, and I actually landed there immediately after graduation, and it was... um, not graduation, but through a placement. So I had a student placement. So when I began there, it was a three-month kind of stunt there. And um, I really gained so much knowledge from the leadership at the time and in the staff that I was surrounded with. So I was very fortunate. I don't know if many people are able to do this, but I stayed with that organization for 13 years. And uh, my positions evolved from student, uh, part-time position opened up, full-time. I ended up, uh, before I left, I was a program manager at the time and I was overseeing the open custody open detention program and the non-residential attendance center so working with high-risk youth in custody out of custody uh, reintegration programs uh, working closely with our community partners and uh, then landed at the safety village for 
It's been a little bit more than four years now, so I think I've landed in the right place for me, definitely. That must have been very challenging um, to last 13 years in that environment. So I commend you for that um, mm-hmm. because uh, you, it's never going to be an easy case that comes through those doors at New Beginnings. So, No, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think that the staff there, I, I really commend the work that they do and that they continue to do. Um, I know everyone here is very familiar with that organization, but I was able to grow there as a person. You know, I started my family while I worked there, and I was really well supported. So I, I still, you know, see past clients, past staff, and it's always special, those interactions. So a great deal of my learning and success is definitely built upon the work that I was able to do with that organization. And again, that, that opportunity to start as a student, that's why I'm a strong advocate that when we have great students, we try to hold on to them, hire them on in part-time positions if we can, and um I think two or three of our last hires did start as our Windsor Police co-ops, actually. So I'm really, really happy to see that continue. No, it's great because we always look, um, we always look at the at the opposite where we're trying to find people to work for us. You know, we're looking for optimal levels and optimal capacities and optimal, you know, efficiencies. But we're we're not where I prefer how you look at it as well because none of us are perfect. We all have deficiencies. Um, and, and weaknesses, whereas you're okay with taking someone with a weakness and help them grow and help turn that weakness into a strength over time under uh, your um, management. I, I know a, a great deal of our work in the summer. You see, you know, you got to witness this past summer. Thankfully, um, we were able to be open to the public. Um, the students that we hire, we, we look for those that maybe this is their first job. Um, we're looking to have a mentoring role because that is in the staff set that we have now here with Jenna and with yourself. Um, when there's a mentoring component in any sort of new position with any organization, you you really do often launch them on their their early career decisions that they'd make. So we we definitely look for students that are that are looking for that opportunity. And um, just to get us back on track, how did you bridge the transition between New Beginnings and the Safety Village in your career? I, I think it was a natural position for me to evolve into an opportunity presented itself. Um, a lot of things were very new to me, um, that administrative side of things. So I was really looking to grow in that capacity. I grew, you know, I wanted to learn more about the business side of things, which I really was. I was more involved in the front lines and program development in my previous position. So I was afforded that opportunity. And I had a lot of those community connections um, that take years to build that I, I was really happy to bring into the position that I'm in now. So I do co-chair a committee called the We Care for Youth Committee. It is led by a, a Windsor, a local youth probation officer, Mike Tennant. He does a fantastic job of keeping um, 25 to 30 organizations connected regularly. I'm really happy to be a part of that. And we've actually brought that group um, for meetings and to, and to be a part of the Safety Village if they wish to. So it was, it was a natural progression of events, I think, that led me here. And... Um it's cool that the, that the new rebranding of It Takes a Village really is kind of like a, a, a microcosm of really a bigger village um, to, to, uh, to help raise a child. And I guess safety, nobody really thinks about planting those seeds about knowledge of safety for young children. Um, a lot of times they think it just comes naturally to those kids. But I found out my little experience so far that, that that's not the case and um mm-hmm. any any child that I've dealt with so far that has 
answered any question or told me about whatever knowledge they had came from someone teaching them that 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 information so it really brought me a great deal um of a, of, of a new understanding and appreciation for teaching the young kids the basics that I took for granted um, always through my career in policing because I've done a lot of VIP instruction, but grade six students, you have, you have their full attention and you have a lot of um, interaction and, I always, and, and they have those, the knowledge of the basics, we'll call them. Um, I think they do. I never really tested it, but they might not have. Um, but I always assume they did. Um, but now, now I know that it really starts younger at a younger at a younger age. So, I'm looking forward to um, our opportunities together. Um, before we continue down there, I want to introduce Jenna Kalamita. She started uh, this year with us. Um, again, she's the backbone of the operation. Um, since Melissa takes care of all the business side of things, and Jenna takes care of the operational, um, and so uh, really. You two are my bosses. I work for you, and you help me stay on track as well. So anything I deliver and I execute, it's it's definitely with you both as my backbone. So I appreciate it, and I'd like um, Jenna just to give me an introduction about uh, who you are, um, how you found your way here to the Safety Village, and uh, what, what, back, what background do you have um, that can uh, help us along the way? Definitely. I started at the Safety Village in May. I heard about the position and emailed Melissa, and I came in for interviews, and it seemed like it would be a good fit for me based on skills that I had attained from my previous position as a supervisor at Point West Golf Course. There I started as a server and worked my way up over the past five years because they saw leadership qualities in me. So I do have experience um, in that type of position, but it was definitely good to um, translate those skills as well as um, my education to a new environment where you and Melissa definitely are great mentors to me. (laughs) Um, I went to school for forensic science, criminology, and biology. So I definitely have a background in um, crime type of things. So when Melissa asked me to take on the neighborhood watch, I was super excited to do that and be the coordinator for that um, program. So, yeah, I really enjoy it. And definitely talking to you has piqued my interest in law enforcement itself, which, yeah, <laughs> is good. Which may not be a good thing if we, if we lose <laughs> another coordinator to, to policing, to law enforcement. We're, we're quite happy to be a stepping stone to, to these. That's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you found you found the silver lining. Always. Years. (laughs) Yeah. Baby steps, though. Baby steps. We'll get there. Perfect. Um, Thank you, Jenna. And um, how about a little history of the Safety Village? About how it started, Mm -hmm. why it started, and 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 whatever you can give us. Okay. So the construction of the building itself, and the the ideas that obviously came a little bit prior to construction. we're in the year 2000, so we now have, we're now into year 23 of our operations. We do see an average of eight to 10,000 children through our school programs every year. Um, there is something that has not changed, so obviously that, that risk of injury still remains, and that's the reason for our, our existence. 
what's really unique about our program is, is our program, sorry, is that our programs are delivered by first responders. So as you'd know, Ali, um, hearing that message as a, as a youth, as a, a family member or a teacher in the classroom, it's heard in a, I think, in a more meaningful way because there is that frontline experience. And, and unfortunately, you do see what happens when an injury is, is not prevented and when those steps aren't taken prior to or, or maybe the knowledge wasn't there. Um, so to have that that perspective when you're delivering the programs is something that's very unique. And I feel that students and teachers step away with that message that's maybe even more reinforced than whether, you know, whether it was myself or, or Jenna or, you know, a, a teacher delivering that message. It's um, But the idea of it takes a village really is that you want those, in, those messages reinforced at home, at school, not just in our classroom. And that takeaway is, is really what we're aiming for. Um, I was just chatting the other day, actually, with one of our founding board members, so Jerry Pocock, who's a retired inspector with Windsor Police. He was reminding me that, you know, unfortunately, a, a lot of our successes we can't measure. Um, these are kids that have make, made the right decisions, and, and it's really hard. But to know that these injuries are preventable, we still need to put that information out there and how important our programs are is our, is our main focus. So if we don't hear these bad news stories or these uh, unfortunate fatalities that result or permanent injuries or, or injuries that result as of, you know, from these, these accidents that are preventable, it tells us that we're doing something right. So I think the more we can spread our message and continue to encourage uh, students and te- teachers to prioritize us as um, a part of their curriculum, I, I think is, is really our main focus right now and really always has been. So like I said, we are 23 years into our programming, the need remains. And we're, we're now committed to keeping things relevant and updated and, and incorporating new technology into our, our existing programs. And, um, and how does the Safety Village keep the lights on? So we are a charity. Um, and what, what comes with that is we, we rely on the generosity of, of sponsors and individuals, businesses. We also wouldn't have our programs delivered without the in-kind um, instructors. So our education partners with, with, with our local law enforcement uh, partners, with Windsor Fire and Rescue, with the, our other fire departments, with Essex Windsor EMS, without those instructors provided, we really don't have our programs. So how key those partnerships are um, should be highlighted, and we're absolutely grateful for that day-to-day commitment. Shout out to uh, uh, Bridget Chippett, who can't be here with us. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, um, she's with Windsor Fire and helps to deliver that program and it's actually, it's fun uh, um, delivering the program with her because I've, I've learned things from her that I didn't even know, teaching the kids. So now I'm able to teach those kids those things she's teaching that I didn't know that that make a lot of sense. Um, but having the um, support of our organization, that Windsor Police, for example, to continue to continue the relationship with the Safety Village, mm-hmm. um, I think is a great is a is a great is a great support. And I know we, we have our educators that are with us. Um, they're on site. They're with us all the time. But I really like to make sure that our doors are open. So as you see, different units will stop in. I like our facility to be viewed as it's a safe space. It's such fantastic work is done there. And I really hope when they walk through those doors, they feel thanked and, and they feel appreciated. And I think that's the goal. And I absolutely get that feeling every time I walk in every morning. Sounds yeah, it's a little true. cheesy, but it, it does have a feeling of appreciation when you walk through the doors because of the concept, because of all of the hard work that's resulted in where we're at today. And 
I haven't had the um, opportunity to be part of the history of it, but I'm I'm hoping that um, I'll be afforded the opportunity to to give a few years of my career um, mm-hmm. towards a safety village and and and, uh, and to be to leave whatever legacy behind that I can. Um, so, Jenna, you just joined us this year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we can keep you for oh definitely for, for a good <laughs> amount of time because. Uh, um, Unlike you, who is very organized and meticulous, I'm quite the, I'm quite the opposite. <laughs> I work in chaos, and sometimes um, yeah. you're, you're 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 my reminder for a lot of things. <laughs> keep me on track, so I appreciate that. Hi, my name is Ed Armstrong. I'm the Inspector of Professional Advancement with the Windsor Police Service. With this position, I oversee our training branch, community services, as well as recruitment. As you know, Windsor is one of the most diverse communities in Canada. With that being said, our goal is to ensure that our police service represents our community. If you know anyone from your community that believes in our core values and will be an asset to our organization and serve the community with honor and service, The Windsor Police Service is currently accepting applications for the position of cadet. We encourage you to have them apply. Although patrol and ensuring the safety of our community is our number one priority, the Windsor Police Service offers different departments that may interest you. To name a few, our Major Crimes Branch, our Forensic Identification Unit, Emergency Services Unit, and our Marine Unit. Which one interests you? So you want to know how to become a cadet? Simply visit our website at windsorpolice.ca under the Career tab or visit oacpcertificate.ca. I'm sitting at my desk waiting to see your application. For the listeners who don't know, the Safety Village, the programs that that are there existing, who who are they geared towards? I don't know who wants to answer there. So I'll start. So we, we target JK through grade 5. So our Safe Kids programs are delivered to junior kindergarten age to the to the grade fives and we we stagger uh, so there's not so what ideally what happens is if you're a student you're starting in jk you're going to receive five years or six years of curriculum that will will cover fire safety um, all of the the components that are in our police programs as well so you're not receiving the same information if you're in grade one you're coming back in grade two it's it's a completely different experience and then the idea is that you before you move on to to vip before you hit grade six you have all these bases covered i think that's the the idea behind the demographic that we're trying to reach i I wish that our doors could be open to the public more often it's obviously dependent on sponsorships we just had recently uh, a widely successful event with our community safety day these events are so important because we can then have you know kids families toddlers grandparents caregivers it's it's the messaging is then reinforced. And I've often seen grandparents are taught, you know, um, 
we had a four-year-old this actually happened during the summer program the grandmother had attended with them a four-year-old was going over her fire escape plan um, and the grandma had watched the grandma had never seen something like this so I just was kind of like listening a little bit and and you see a four-year-old mapping out for the grandmother like this is your apartment this is where you would exit and the grandma's saying yes I know like there's one door this is where I would go so that when you have a child the message is heard in a very different way I know that that fire escape plan ended up on her fridge. I know that it's probably talked about with with parents and other family members when they visit. And to me, that tells us we are we are doing so much to know that we're not just involving. It's not just a field trip. It's um it's a message that resonates with all members of the family and just continues to grow on from there. Yeah, I think I think the the, the village does provide a. I don't know. It's like this fun atmosphere. As soon as you walk out the door with the colors, with the lighting. Um, and I feel like a kid in there myself. So when delivering the lectures, um, I like it. I think learning with fun is, is more impactful. Um, so I like to always, I had a taste of it this summer with um, with summer camps that visited us. And, um, and, and uh, I find that any component that where we can laugh and, have a little bit of fun as well, I think would stick with them a little more, um, especially in the back with our equipment. But speaking of which, we are looking for sponsors to help us with that as well too. Because for the past, just to the listeners, for the, during COVID for two years, the, the doors were closed to the village. Um, programs weren't running. And um, we're now trying to gain momentum to bring the village back better than bigger and better than ever. So, so, so programs were delivered, like you said, it, it did change a lot of things. So programs were being delivered virtually. We always did try to involve an interactive component, but the physical equipment wasn't used. So I don't know if anyone's familiar, but our grade two program, um, we have young, young people participate and explore the streets using these electric Jeeps. They are the coolest thing i think it's uh, it's quite an appeal to and it, and it, and it really it, it complements our program like you said the idea is that if it's hands-on and they're enjoying themselves that the information is retained so that's the idea behind that but those batteries died so time passed they weren't <laughs> used that's kind of my reality so it shifts from okay we we need to have a highest standard of equipment that we can make sure that our programs are successful. We can't have Jeep batteries dying after 10 minutes. It's it's a tragic event if you yeah. see if a kid's driving and the, the battery's dead. So like you're saying, um, I think in the past we really relied on major corporations and larger companies. I know there's some really recognizable sponsors that are in our village that have been with us from the very beginning that continue to stick with us. So, you know, your McDonald's, your Tim Hortons. But I think what maybe we're looking to do is to involve and invite other community partners, the small business sector. There's lots of opportunities for sponsorship that not everyone can afford, you know, a 10, 15 year commitment um, to have their name be a part of what we're doing and to attach themselves with our philosophy. But absolutely, if I'm a small business to have maybe my name on one of the Jeeps or like there's there's a place in our village for, for everyone. So I think we're really looking to open up those sponsorship opportunities. Every dollar um, goes in, is poured into our Safe Kids program. So um, we will, that is part of our rebranding. Um, we do have a facility, like I said, that's more than 23 year olds, three years old now. So we are looking to make sure that we can keep that standard as, as high as it should be. And um, 
And I think also what's important is with um, you're introducing the new sponsorship opportunities for this year, I think a lot of businesses don't know we exist. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of businesses in our city, in our community, I think they would do more to help us. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can also assist in reaching out to the community at large for help because the the programs we deliver are, correct me if I'm wrong, but for all of Essex County that can come visit us, right? And I think sometimes that's not known either. Let's say, you know, a LaSalle school books and they're interested in the grade two police program. We work with LaSalle Police Department to have their instructor come out. So we'll have Constable Terry Segan will come That's out right. or a member of their team. So it's really meaningful that, that these are the officers that they're going to see in their own community. Um, so it's not just about one or two partnerships. We'll have seven or eight education partners. And that's right. The facility is to be used by everybody. And that's it's not just we Windsor built, Police. That's we right. We're built to be a welcoming facility for all our local detachments. If there's a Leamington school that would like to come in, we're, we're, we're happy to have them in and we'll connect them with the proper educators. And I know we have a nice big enough facility as well to host other programs. I know we have an October 50th city program coming in here as well right. to, to the village. So um, we also, uh, people, a lot of people in the community have asked us, have asked me about their very fond memories of, of Halloween at the village. Yes. So I told them whatever that means. I, I never, I grew up downtown. <laughs> I never had a chance to go to the village Very growing up, but everybody has fond memories of it. And everyone's telling me we should bring it back. So Is that a direct question? Are we bringing it back? I don't know. We're really working on it. Halloween yeah. came real quick this year. <laughs> yeah. I think our primary focus was let's make sure that we get our schools booked in again because yeah. it was the first year where we're returning to in-person trips. Um we are definitely working on But I on think you'll be, but you'll be, um, you'll be reaching out to the uh, superintendents of the school boards mm-hmm. involved and um, inviting them back and telling them we're back, ready to uh, to roll. So that's right, Bus- yeah. business as it should be, and um, we're ready, ready to rock. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, as well, we have, we do have co-op students that come through our doors as well. Our youth and policing students had a pretty good. Uh, a pretty good amount of time with us as well. I th- they they all told me they really enjoyed it and appreciate it and, and, and didn't know the aspect of what we do um, and, and, and really also believe in how important it is. And um, also, thanks to them, they have they helped revamp our um, presentations to be delivered this year. So it was um, high school students we, that we had in the summer. We rely on that feedback from our youth. Um, we're reaching youth. It makes sense to engage youth in the planning process of how we can make our programs most effective and engaging. So they were fantastic. Um, I invite all of them back publicly to join us as volunteers. <laughs> there are so many components involved to, to one program delivery. Um, there's puppet shows involved, the Jeeps and bikes you see. It involves a lot of manpower to get everybody fitted, helmets fitted properly. There's There are many volunteer opportunities available for anyone that's, that's open to us. So please reach Jenna, contact our office, and we'll get you going with a, with a volunteer application. Okay, that was gonna, I was going to ask who, for anyone listening if they were interested in any volunteer opportunities. The safety, is it, uh, it's the safetyvillage.com, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, which, which is pretty cool. We actually own that domain because it's... We get I don't know, I don't, from, <laughs> from everywhere. I don't know how oh, anybody yeah. else... Did, I don't know how we got it first, <laughs> but the safetyvillage.com is the Windsor, is the Windsor Safety Village. Yeah. Um, are there other safety villages? How how spread out are they? Um, how many in Ontario are there? In Ontario, I believe there are about sixteen. Um, it is all like operational. 
all operational. Yeah. Okay. Across Canada, there are, there are some out west as well and out east. So I want to see the numbers about 25 across Canada and far more exist in, in the United States. In the United it's States a, it's as a well. big concept in the U.S. I know our go-to for any like new ideas would be Cobb County. I know Jenna, I, first day I'm like, yeah. check out this website. <laughs> they are... It's, it's a massive facility. They have huge fundraising efforts. They're able to pull off the, these excellent programs. They'll have car seat installation and, and inspection clinics that take place. In, um, you, it's something you have to see. I, I don't know. So any ideas um, that we gain from them, we're really happy to implement and scale up accordingly with our organization. And that's also something that will be, because um, I know it's on the website as well, um, for car seat installations, we're going to be recertifying a bunch of us there to hold it again at the Safety Village as a place, again, for that service as well for the community at large. We, I can speak to this, and I'd really like to thank this family. So we had a recent um, donation, significant donation from an estate, the estate of Carol Lawn. So we've been speaking with um, the family, and it is we receive phone calls every week around car seat questions. And not always, you know, can you install and inspect the car seat? Sometimes it's when do we transition from booster there, there, there are a lot of questions that we get but they're regular phone calls there's no one currently offering these clinics um, I think with working with this family it's something that we would like to bring like you said Ali so we're, we're going to open up training um, to anyone not just within the Windsor Police Service if other detachments or fire department if there's anyone that's interested in, in becoming and certified as your your car seat safety technician we're going to look at hosting monthly events or or at least as as needed with appointments because it's something there it's a gap it's a definite need and gap in the community right now and we'd like to get that going again it's and we will yeah, this year it's definitely something that's under service right now right. and i think again not to blame covid but covid i think did slow down a lot of things uh certifications and different things expired and yeah. and, and those services fell off so but people Hopefully. kept having children and it's something we'll get calls sometimes oh the baby's due in three days the car i don't know if the car seat's incorrectly so um, right now we do have a few that are still certified and jenna connects them directly to who's able to take a look at it but to have something regularly put out to the community where they're invited i think to have that information top of mind would be would be key and and it will be coming to our organization by the spring once the training is completed perfect mm-hmm. um uh, jenna what is your role at the Safety Village? Well, um, I kind of do a lot of everything. <laughs> um, I do book all of the schools that call and come. I answer questions on the phone about Neighborhood Watch. I coordinate that program with Melissa and yourself. And um, I was in charge of the summer students. I was their supervisor this past summer, which was a great experience to get with, to work with them, which a few of them actually were interested in coming back and volunteering or working with us in some capacity, which was great to see how they evolved over the summer and how much they enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Have you seen an increased interest in Neighborhood Watch? Yes, definitely. Since I've been hired, Melissa said, after you had spoken with that incident that happened in Forest Glade, the, in- the interest definitely grew. Um, we do get calls very often, some people not necessarily interested in taking on a block captain role, but would like it implemented in their neighborhood. Melissa and I have sent out interest letters to people in the area asking if there's anyone interested in being a block captain, and we do get interest back from that, which that definitely helps reach more people Mm -hmm. who just don't know about the program or don't know how heavily involved a block captain is not a huge role like it's not like how would you just not a 
challenging a lot of responsibility. No, but but I think people think that it is. So definitely they call and I explain to them exactly what they'll be doing and that helps them understand. It's like a, it's more of a. It's a volunteer position. You're not necessarily required to be. Kind of like a point person. Yes. They're the, basically the resident liaison between their watch in their neighborhood and us. They streamline communication between the two. Um, as you know, because courtesy of Windsor Police, we get property crime reports weekly, and I send those out to the block captains who then send it out to the members of their watch, so everyone is kind of in the loop information-wise weekly. Yeah. And um, to any listeners, if anyone is interested, um, how, do they, how do they reach out to you or, or get information about Neighborhood Watch? On our website, there is a Neighborhood Watch tab, which includes um, a description of the role of a block captain as well as a form. But we do notice that there are a lot of people who have difficulty accessing technology, so they can just call the office or drop in, and I'll gladly give them a hard copy of the application. Once they complete their application, then they receive um, a police record check, and once we get that, we're able to do a train a block captain training with them which the three of us have met with people before and then after that they would we map out exactly what houses they're in charge of and then they canvass the interest they have to have a 60 percent chance 60 percent interest in their area in order for the watch to be formed but once that happens city signage goes up that labels that street as a watch which helps deter people from committing crimes in that area because they know that their chances of being reported immediately are much higher because people are looking out in that area. Once the signage goes up, the watch is active and a crime prevention through environmental design audit is performed afterward, which um, Windsor Police will go through with us and basically help the residents learn how to make their houses less inviting to criminals, such as adequate lighting, um, registering their security cameras with Windsor Police, and cutting shrubbery down and that kind of stuff. What's so great about Neighborhood Watch, I think, is that it does um, prevent crime, but also it brings neighborhoods together. Like, Melissa's, you guys just attended a big block party for mm-hmm. a watch in, I forget, where was it? Yeah, we started a new uh, one on Argyle Court. And again, uh, the block captain there is fantastic. He's a member of the BIA, the Ottawa Street BIA, Ettore uh, Bonato. And, and I think... Sometimes it's the first time neighbors are really meeting each other. Maybe you know who's next door or a few down or, you know, when coming and going. But to have everyone come together and they're out on their street, um, we really look to to take advantage of those sorts of events. So we encourage our block captains, if that's the best way to bring everyone together, we'll attend that way. Uh, I think when you say, oh, I'm, I have to complete a training session... It doesn't, it's not as if you have to wait for this big formal presentation and certification. Sometimes if we have an interested party that wants to volunteer and they're willing to take on that kind of resident liaison role, as you perfectly described, oh. um, that training session can take place even on their porch. Like, we'll, we'll come to them. However, they're going to best receive the information. <coughs> we want to meet people where they're at. It also gives us the opportunity to see what their concerns are in the neighbor, in the neighborhood, sorry, and... Um, to hear firsthand, you know, what, what they're looking to do with that watch because at the end of the day, it's a volunteer-led program. Um, without that community-minded investment up front, it, it, it won't work. So we're just really there to be kind of 
take off that administrative burden of it, guide people through it, and make sure that um, some information that needs to be kept private is kept private. We understand there's lots of um, community groups, Facebook groups, social media. We just really try to keep things in a, a closed neighborhood watch sort of a scenario so that not everybody's information is kind of completely open to the public. And um, does it matter how small or big the neighborhood can be for a neighborhood watch to exist? Ideally, it's 10 to 15 homes, but it really depends on how the street is set up. Um, ideally, the block captain should have visual of all of the people in their watch from their house okay. so if the house goes like around that the street goes around the corner it would end halfway so that it actually is an active watch and you can keep an eye out for your neighbors and their property okay mm-hmm. okay and i like i like the uh the block party concept because i think if i think if, if more did it, if, if if more block captains did that i think it does help in bringing communities together more and we're not looking for the party to be once at the startup. It, it's something like regularly. That's yeah. why I, I love that our summers are busy with these sorts of events. Well, I think um, the one you mentioned is an annual event, right? There was live music. The information is there, but also, again, it's an opportunity for, for neighbors to connect and to meet, see. And to meet and, each and other. And chit-chat and meet with Windsor Police. There was a heavy police presence that came out that day. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun that day. And um, I think we're that age as well as in the, in the community mobilization uh, uh, model. The ultimate objective is, is to empower a community to help itself, mm-hmm. where police and organizations like Neighborhood Watch can act as a catalyst at the beginning to help. But at the end, the objective is for community to help itself. And I think um, I think the Neighborhood Watch concept really, really parallels the community mobilization model as well. So I think it's a great program. We've seen a lot of growth in the last two years around that program. I know when the pandemic hit, a lot of our block captains reached out saying, you know, there's other things that we're noticing too. Um, can we encourage everybody to kind of check in on each other? Maybe there's um, a senior neighbor or someone needs help getting groceries. We all recall, it seems like a bit of a blur, but there were the need was, was so high and it came on really quickly. So a lot of our volunteers, uh, I have so much respect for them. They, they took on, you know, these additional roles of not just not just keeping an eye on their neighbors and their and their houses. It was more so truly checking in on people and making sure that what they needed was taken care of. So it's it's a it's a wonderful program. We we have 118 active neighborhood watch programs across the city of Windsor right now. Um, I think four have been in the last three or four months. So to keep along that trajectory of growth is is ideal, and we're, we're happy to to see the program continue to grow. Well, I'm 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 really glad that we had this opportunity to showcase the Safety Village um, on 519 Connect. And um, I think the universe aligned me to fall into this role today to be here. Uh, so thanks, Jamie, for being caught up in whatever you got <laughs> caught up with. And, um, and, and I think to, to bring it to light, it's an honor and a pleasure to, to have spoken with you today about the Safety Village. And I think um, nothing but uh, great times ahead for for the organization as a whole. Um, I don't know, Jenna, if uh, you want to plug anything before we before we wrap up. Um, definitely go to our website if you are looking to book um, your class to come or you have any car seat questions, definitely call the office or send us an email. And if you're interested in learning more about Neighborhood Watch or starting your own watch, reach out, check out our website or send us an email. And also, and also, uh, 
for anyone that, that wants to reach me as well, um, Jenna is my point of contact uh, through the website. You can request any questions. And it's nice also, I guess it's nice also to have police in-house for the Neighborhood Watch program because that can be um, a direct link for any questions or concerns that the communities may have. Uh, and they don't have to go th- jump through any hoops to get any answers. Yeah, I definitely get a lot of questions that, like, I pass along to you because they're police-related questions, which is really great that I can give them a direct person to get in contact with or you can get back in contact with them and answer their questions. Which, which I think makes them happier that way as well if, if they get the answer quicker. Yeah. And, Melissa, any mm-hmm. any plugging here? Um, yeah, so I, I know the website is an excellent resource, but also, you know, follow us on social media. Everyone seems to be on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We really do our best to not just put out information around what we're doing day to day, but also for the general public for just, um, you know, general safety tips or any events that are coming up. So definitely follow us there. Great. Thank you so much, Ali. You're, Thank you. You did. The universe aligned. You're mm-hmm. the perfect fit. and. Um, it's an exciting time for our organization to see things grow. Yep, it totally is. And thank and you, Jenna. I did <laughs> continue every day to do a fabulous job. And yeah, po- definitely <laughs> have a great po- team. positive steps ahead. And, and, mm-hmm. and definitely looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.